Oh, yeah. Because I have a very good brain. Children do learn. This is a house of learned doctors. I took a speed reading course, and not to brag, but my speed shot up to 43 pages a minute. <laughs> comprehension plummeted very important uh, i have many leather bound books i'm not gonna sugarcoat it i'm pissed mm-hmm. i am royally pissed i'm not gonna have pepsi with baby flavoring in it i mean what the hell have we become excuse me hello randy mr lee randy but randy randy are we having fun yet yeah come on yeah, yeah. scoochie what's up buddy Yell everything this time, you know what I'm talking about? Yellow rounds, yellow big booty, yellow bones, <laughs> yellow rounds, yellow MPs, yellow watch, yellow charm ring, chain, yellow living room set, lemonade grease shoes for my girl. Happy New Year, Reading Rainbows fans. This is episode 41 of the Reading Rainbows. I'm your host, Jonathan Slade, alongside, as always, through 41 episodes, my conciliable, Babo. What up? What up? Man, episode 41. Um, it's a new year. Bros are back better than ever. This book... I, I chose on a whim and it is the autobiography of Gucci Mane. And I couldn't think of a better way to start off the year. Um, you know, Gucci Mane goes by many names. Um, his real name is Radrick Delantic Davis, um, or Guwop, or Mr. Zone Six, or Wizop, or East Atlanta Santa, or La- <laughs> or LaFlair. So I mean, we will probably be addressing him by all seven of those names throughout um but i i always like the format better when i hand it off to babo he can kind of give his hot takes then he'll pass it to me and we'll give our rating um so babo why don't you let me know uh how profoundly affected you were by the autobiography of gucci Mane? yeah so this was a really really interesting story about Mr. Main and his, <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's not like <clears throat> we were talking before the show. It's not like a rags to riches story, but it's really kind of a, a, a tale about how one's vices can hold someone back and how you really need to focus on your craft, your career, what have you, or, you know, else you're going to derail yourself. So, it was uh, a really kind of captivating story. We just kind of flew through these pages learning about uh, Gucci Mane's just whole life story um, from, you know, being born and raised in Alabama to his uh, tumultuous childhood in the ATL um, growing up in East Atlanta. And, you know, he started off, selling weed and then was quickly slanging dope when he was like 13 and it was just like hard to relate to really but it's just this is the life that some people kind of live and you know he he really kind of does a great job reflecting back on his life and i believe he he wrote this from a, a maximum security prison 
So I think that is, is really telling. And, you know, I knew a little bit about Gucci Mane, but I, I really didn't realize the extent to which he had been behind bars and he really is a very creative type but very uh into the into fashion into jewelry into you know in addition to you know growing up in the trap house and and really uh you know rolling with some some less than reputable characters in atlanta um but yeah, really, really inspiring how how much he cares about the rap game and how much he made a name for himself and really um, was looked up to uh, across the industry. Um, and he really did a phenomenal job of kind of mentoring other young rappers coming up through the ranks and helping them <clears throat> make a name for himself and he really took his craft very seriously and you could see kind of his creative process and how much he would spend time in the studio, just, you know, getting, getting the beat set up and then he would just be able to freestyle something and, and, and put it out. So it was really, <clears throat> really interesting. Um, however, um, it, it's just, you know, he really, <clears throat> he really found his voice and had a, a a great career in, in the rap game. However, just every time he seemed to be going and making that next level, he would have another run in with the law. You know, he had a murder charge. He had was constantly in violation of his probation and he was always winding up behind bars again. And he would be, you know, he'd put out an album like while he was in prison and, you know, it just, it was, it was a really, really kind of, made you squirm how much trouble he was in with with the law and you're just kind of like come on just just get it together but he really had uh he struggled a lot with addiction uh drinking lean you know cough syrup smoking a lot of weed doing molly you know some other hard drugs that was really really kind of holding them back um and it took him many stint you know long stints in prison to realize that he didn't need the, those things. And he was really, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of stuck in, in that, uh, you know, in, in dealing with his vices as opposed to focusing on his career and, and, and his rap and all that. But yeah, really, really interesting how he reflects back on his life and takes us through the journey of how he got to where he is today. And, I really, really enjoyed it and really kind of goes to show that your vices can can hold you back if you don't focus on what's important in life. Yeah, there were a lot of good lessons. And I really, (laughs) I was waiting for him to make some excuses like, oh, it's because like my, you know, I grew up this way. I didn't know any different. He never like made excuses for it. He always just said like, you know, I, he, he really kind of described himself as like, um, it's not like hedonistic, but he just couldn't avoid indulging in every single thing that you could indulge in with money. So if he had a lot of money, mm. he'd buy a $40,000 ice cream chain that, <laughs> or he would buy, like he'd throw, throw like $20,000 at the strip club. And, but it wasn't just me at the strip club. It was like having two cups of lean and Molly and going all in 
all the time. Like he, he was someone that would just go all in all the time when it was all in on the, his writing, his lyrics and all in on mentorship of other rappers. You could tell he was just in his flows that he was doing well, but anytime something went wrong or he perceived something going wrong or he felt paranoia instantly, like within a certain amount of time, he'd be back in jail. And it's just funny, like, as Baba was saying, like, he was all in on a, like a, like a record, a mixtape about to come out. And then like, (laughs) he'd be like, oh yeah, but at the same time, I forgot to tell you, I also had this charge coming up and here's a story there. And then like one week before an album dropped, I'd be in prison for a year. And so I, I, there's a couple of takeaways and lessons that I'll go over. Cause I think, um, they universally apply to anyone. If you're an entrepreneur or a business person just living life here's what i took away you can come back from any setback i mean someone that's been to jail four times and like lost all his money for lawyer fees and was dead broke um with the right mindset and hustle you can come back from anything so it's really inspiring to like you know oh like god forbid you have to take a week off of work he took off like years of work and then had to rebuild his image and apologize to people and so that's one lesson loyalty being loyal and having loyal friends is a really rare trait and there was a lot of people that he actually screwed over a lot of people he admitted it like he was just like Mm -hmm. i i kind of i stole money from people i stole money i like screwed over people that were actively helping me like i purposely screwed them over to 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 get more money and um but he had people like his current wife um she stood by him while he was in prison and, and he really recognized that like he had someone good so he recognized how rare that was. And I think that's good advice. Um, I put business as personal. I mean, he took, you can't really distinguish two. There's a phrase, you know, that like, Oh, it's not, it's not personal. It's just business. But when your whole livelihood and your career is based around what you love, like when people screw you over or when you think that you're, you know, if your raps aren't, hitting and people of the streets aren't talking good about and the clubs aren't especially the, the strip clubs i didn't realize most most music that comes out of atlanta that makes it out of atlanta is through the strip club circuit so when the strip clubs aren't playing your songs they don't even play your verse like that that is a personal attack and, and gucci definitely took that to heart and then would do something that would lead him in jail um but i would say the business is personal even though we try to say it's not um invest in your future. The money can stop suddenly. Like he just never, he thought that things would just never end. Like he would Mm -hmm. just be getting hotter and hotter and that there'd be nothing that would get in his way. His ad, he could do whatever he wanted to. He would, he talked about throwing money at reporters, like ripping money up and throwing it up in the air and watching them all scramble to get it. And he just like, but he didn't say like, Oh, it was because I was young and I didn't stupid. He just was like, I was paranoid and I was like barely surviving because I was drinking so much lean um, to the point where like, it was kind of, kind of a funny story. He was talking about how he drank so much lean that he started to develop like a gut and that when he got into prison, he couldn't have any more lean and he just had like massive constipation. And he was just like going to the bathroom for like hours on end. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> the reason was I was drinking so much lean, which is part of the rap culture. And he definitely talks about it in a lot of his songs. Um, so the money can stop suddenly dropping toxic people ASAP, I think is a good lesson from this, from this book. Like some of the people that you used to roll with when you were back in a uh, zone six in Atlanta, where he kind of started um, is a good lesson here. People that are 
you know, backstabbing you or you just get a bad feeling about or you know, whatever. He talks a lot about that. Like some of those people he, he hung around with, even he was a toxic person for a lot of people. So I think people rightly dropped him at certain points in his life. I think prison, the fourth prison sentence for him was like the last straw um, for a lot of people. And uh, honestly, don't waste your second, third, and fourth chances. I feel like he kept <laughs> wasting his second chances with people um, to the point where like labels were dropping him. People were like, you know, not coming around the studio anymore. Baba was talking about him spending so much time in the studio while the studio turned into a trap house for Gucci where like some of his best friends wouldn't come around anymore because mm -hmm. there was a shooting there. One of his best friends got shot at his new studio. And, and then it kind of turned into like a place where the undesirables would just hang out all the time and less music was getting done and more drugs were getting sold. So those are some of the lessons, but I, I think that um, the number one is resiliency. You can, you can come back from anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it, I don't know if I know there's another author on this, this book, um, but it seems like it's coming right from, you know, mostly it's Gucci's voice. And I, it's, it's interesting to, to hear about growing up in Bessemer, Alabama and, you know, how his uncle was kind of like a, a shysty, uh, kind of hustler. And I think it was, I don't know if Baba, you can correct me, was his uncle, the Gucci man, or was it his dad that they, he was, yeah, I think it was, well, I think it was his dad. Yeah. That every time his dad would make money or he would like wear Gucci stuff, they used to call him the Gucci man. And mm -hmm. he thinks this, the Alabama twang turned it into Gucci man. Yeah. And he just ran with that. So it actually wasn't a name given to him. It was a name that he adopted from his dad. So a little inside mm -hmm. baseball knowledge there. Um, but it was a good story. I think auto, I, I actually got another autobiography recently because I wanted, I was like, maybe there's something to learn from autobiographies. Like, mm -hmm. so uh, this might be a new genre for the bros, but I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. Um, it was a great story. It didn't, there was never like a dull moment. He didn't waste a lot of words and someone as exciting as Gucci Mane, his life was a really easy read. Um, uh, my personal rating on this is 7.25 out of 10. Um, what do you think, Babo? We can do ratings now, but I, I think, I think you still have some more to say, but I just want no, to give I my rating. Yeah, I think that I would probably give it a 78%. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really, really interesting how he kind of, you know, in the midst of his, uh, you know, drinking lean and, and doing drugs, like he would really kind of screw people over. But that seemed to happen a lot in <clears throat> more of his, like, personal life but like when it came to the rap game he was always you know he had he really upheld his values and seemed to be very businesslike and really kind of by the book um and so it just makes you wonder why you can't live like that through your whole life you know and it just is a a sign of how the the drinking and the drugs can really make you do things that aren't you know, who you really are. And yeah, I think he got really lucky because it could have been a lot worse with how much trouble he constantly got into with the law. He never had to spend more than like two or three years behind bars. And, you know, he, he had the opportunity to come back and, and stay 
you know, relevant and stay around. And, you know, reading this, so just like, just when it seems that he was going to blow up, like he would just wind up back in prison. And it was really a roller coaster of a ride. But uh, finally, in his last stint in prison, he decided to get his act together. And I think he started writing this autobiography. He started, you know, working out, like running stairs and, and losing all that gut weight from drinking lean and, and really kind of getting his mind right. And I think that did him a lot of good, obviously. And, you know, this book was a <clears throat> New York Times bestseller. And you don't you don't always hear this kind of uh, story from someone of his stature and, um, you know, really kind of told from, you know, start to finish. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's always kind of, you know, glorified and, and really kind of, looked at from this, you know, 30,000 foot view about how he's blown up and made a name for himself, but you really don't, you know, hear, always hear about the dark side of, of these, you know, rap icons that come around and, you know, he really, you could really tell how much he was respected across the industry with how much he, you know, collaborated with other, you know, huge names and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it really kind of goes to show that if you have your mind right and you're focusing on the right things in life that you can do anything. But this was a, it was like almost, it was like a cautionary comeback story. It's like not a, quite a cautionary tale. I mean, it it was a comeback story, but he was always on the come up, if you will. Right. But I mean, he would definitely come up and then down and then <laughs> up again. But I mean, he finished, he finished on top. But in, at certain points in the story, you didn't know, you didn't realize, you know, think that he was going to make it out, but eventually he did. Yeah, he did. And it's kind of interesting that you mentioned it because like, we're talking about an autobiography, but he's, he's only 41. I just looked up how old he is. So it's, yeah, you know, the story's half written, like, right. you know, are we going to like, after this, you know, in like five minutes, be like Gucci Mane arrested for something, something, something and be like, yeah, well, but it was written in 2017. So in the last four or five years, he's come out with three albums. I think he was supposed to have an album come out last year, but he's been nominated for Grammys. He's won a best pop video in 2017. So like he obviously hasn't fallen off. Like he's still going, mm -hmm. he's only 41. I mean, that's pretty, that's young. I mean, that's like, yeah. a, like pretty much the prime of your life. So are we going to see a second autobiography when he's like <laughs> 60, 70 retired kind of mentorship? That'd be interesting. Cause 40 is a pretty young age to write an autobiography. Yeah, it is. Thinking about that now. It's He's like, been through a lot in this, <laughs> the first few decades of his life, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you give a 78, I'll <clears throat> uh, get uh, 72.5%. Honestly, I think if uh, we went through all the 41 books, I think that's a above average rating for the bros. Um, mm -hmm. But it's also a new genre for the bros. I, I think maybe we should do the audience might like some more uh, autobiography, just interesting stories of people. Yeah. Um, it's, it, we, we like to keep that in the nonfiction. So that might, there might be some things to learn um, mm. about that. Um, I do want to do some, some stats because we love the stats. We have the top three cities over the last 
30 days, but we've been, the bros have been uh, gone for like two or three months. So we have a uh, Frankfurt, Germany, we have Lindhurst, yeah. New Jersey, and then we have Folsom, California, which has been a, I think on our top list before, but Germany, no, we've never seen that. Lindhurst, mm. New Jersey. Once again, global wow. audience, global appeal for reading rainbows. <laughs> what I'm really uh, proud of is we gained uh, 11 new Spotify followers. We have 77 followers, which is a lot, like wow. a lot more uh, month over month. And then 355 more unique listeners. So it's like new IP addresses that are listening to the bro. So we have 1,700 nice. unique listeners, which is great. And uh, our average listens is up to 409 average listens. So in 2022, uh, who knows what's going to happen? We, we are accepting <laughs> sponsorships. So uh, email us, let us know if, you know, we, we can do a spot for your, your brand if it aligns with our brand. Yes. Abba, what would you like to say um, on this, this new year and uh, any last things about the book? Yeah, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year and thank you for listening. Looking forward to another year full of riveting books and awesome <laughs> insights from the bros and yeah can't believe we're still still doing this it's a it's an honor yeah and it's great so we have we'll have hopefully 12 books this year babo is picking the next one so i'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. um i am your host jonathan slade alongside my trusted consigliere babo we will talk to y'all hopefully in a month peace